you stand with me tonight? We're going to do this declaration before pastor comes and brings the word tonight. You guys ready? Look at your neighbor and say, you ready, neighbor? All right, let's do this. Lord, today by faith, we declare that we are walking in the manifestation season. As your faithful remnant, we will house your very presence. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and he has delivered us from all of our troubles and fears. We are no longer victims, but we are victors in Christ. We will not be deceived by the lies of the enemy, but we will give health, healing, and wholeness to the hopeless and those in despair. We will live under your anointing and see the revealed purpose of Christ in each of our lives. We declare your everlasting word on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we ask on earth as it is in heaven tonight, God. Let your will be done in the name of Jesus and anoint our pastor as he opens the word with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. It's good to see everybody here tonight. And I want to commend you on this Sunday night of coming out. You know, a lot of times when our families have birthday parties or when they have graduations and different things of them, the kinds of events, it's important. We'll flock to them and our little children will never forget the times that we celebrate those kinds of things and the graduates, they never forget that. But I want to tell you tonight, we're going to be having some people be baptized in water and we are a family of God and you're here and I want to commend you for being here to support them. This is one of the most important steps of someone's life outside of salvation. How many agree with that? Praise the Lord, yes. It's so important. And um, I want to read my text and we'll get right into the word of the Lord, but it's in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, 18 through 20 actually. It is the great commission where Jesus said, all power is given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever. I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end. Tonight I want to talk to you a little bit about the importance of water baptism. Over the last 30 years, we have preached a lot of different ways and just get up here right before we have the baptism and try to just give a, a little overview of what baptism is and what it isn't. We've talked about being buried in the Red Sea, the symbolism there. We've talked about the example of Jesus' baptism and what took place there. We've talked about the three different baptisms mentioned in Scripture. And I'm going to go a different, little, uh, different way tonight. It's very basic, very simple. It's very elementary. But I think sometimes we just need to be reminded about this thing called water baptism. First of all, it's important for the reason of what obeying the Scripture. How many knows it's very important to obey the Scripture whether we understand the principle behind it or not? Whether we really understand why it's important to come and to be baptized in water, emerged in front of a bunch of people, though we may not completely understand every little aspect of it, yet it's important just because God told us to do it. It's important to be obedient to Scripture. It's important to be obedient to the Word of God. Our text is known as the Great Commission, and not only are we to see people saved, but we're also commissioned to teach all nations and cause people to be discipled and live out their faith. That's one of the most important missions of the church, is that you and I not only see people saved, but then instruct them and teach them and disciple them to how to live that faith out. 
how to live that salvation out because all of us has got to live our salvation out with fear and trembling according to the scripture. But we are commanded to baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the New Testament church baptism is noted to be one of the first principles of faith that is to be put in action when, when there's someone that has received the new life by being born again. Those of you of us that have been born again, the first principle of faith that is commanded in Scripture for us to do is for us to be baptized. That's the first principle. And a lot of times that sets precedence on other things. If we will not be obedient in the small things that God asks us to do, then what makes us think that we'll be obedient in the large things? Salvation may very well be caused by believing. We are saved by believing faith. Even as salvation is contingent upon believing, yet true faith is revealed through a life that puts to action that which has been believed and accepted to be true. If I really believe that my salvation is real, then I want to share it. I want to experience it. I want to witness it. And I want to testify of what God has done for me. Faith without works is dead being alone. It's one thing to make a confession that we're saved, and it's another thing to be able to say, now that I'm saved, I'm going to believe it enough that I'm going to start walking it out. I'm literally going to walk this newfound faith out in my life. It's not just a mere confession. It's not that I've got, I'm sorry that I got my hand caught in a cookie jar and I'm in a, I'm in a, a bad place here and I've asked God to forgive me and God's going to forgive me. I hope so. Blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. It is truly believing that one has received salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. That's what water baptism's all about. If I truly believe salvation to be true and I believe to the point of trusting my eternal soul with it, then I must believe it to the point of putting it to practice and cause it to govern my life regardless if I understand it or not. Water baptism is an act of obedience to the very word of God. If I am truly saved, then I will want to express my salvation by me being baptized in obedience. Can I have an amen? Are y'all with me here tonight? Water baptism does not save us, and, it, and, and we know that. But Scripture reveals that if we truly have saving faith, we will be baptized. That's the thing here. It, it goes hand in hand. It's almost inseparable. Saving faith is more than a conscious decision to actually turn over a new leaf or change our ways or I'm going to decide to just choose to follow the Lord. It's more than that. It's when you, we yield to the power of the Holy Spirit and then his governing faith begins to operate and govern from within us to the producing of fruit, work, witness, and service. I truly believe that if a person is saved, it's more than just turning over a new leaf or changing directions or being faithful to a church or doing religious activities. But if he's truly saved, then the Holy Spirit begins to operate in his life and it begins to produce what we call fruit. It begins to produce work. It begins to produce witness. And it begins to produce service. And the first thing that begins to happen when we get saved is that there becomes a desire to be water baptized. The first thing that begins to happen, that is the first principle of faith that God begins to want you to put into action so that you will make an outward testimony of the inward work that's been in your life. I really doubt someone's salvation if they don't, don't want to do, uh, if they don't have a desire to share it, to show it, and let it be worked out of them. I tell you, new Christians are some of the most exciting people on the face of the earth, aren't they? And matter of fact, statistics tell us 
that it's sometimes that is the new Christians, the new believers that get more people saved than some of us that's been saved for 30 years because of their enthusiasm and their example and their witness. It opens doors for them, and they're excited. And, and I remember when Amanda Emersall and her husband got saved, the first thing that began to happen, the two of them began to bring people into this church like crazy. I thought, they're going to build the church on their own. Amen. Give them a hand for doing that. That's faith that was produced in their lives. Amen. But when someone gets saved and asks to be water baptized, then really I believe in their salvation. But when someone gets saved and they refuse or after becoming knowledgeable that they need to be water baptized, I sometimes question if their salvation is real. Now, I really know that there are phobias. There are people that get afraid. You know, there's phobias of water. There's phobias of the crowd. There's different reasons why someone might not want to in a natural sense. But in a spiritual sense, if someone really gets saved, they will ought to want to follow the Lord in obedience and be water baptized. Salvation may be contingent upon believing, and water baptism may not be one of the elements that's involved in saving us. How many knows that you don't have to be water baptized to be saved, but salvation is a requirement to be water baptized? You can go in as a wet, a dry sinner and come out as a wet sinner. Before you go in there, there's got to be a confession of faith. There's got to be a born again in spirit. There's got to be salvation that has already had to occur. But nevertheless, water baptism is used like tongues is used for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. How many know that tongues is the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Tongues is the first initial witness. It's not the only witness. If that's the only witness we have, we're in trouble. But tongues is the first initial evidence that one has been baptized with the Holy Spirit. But water baptism, then you might say, is one of the evidences and should be one of the first evidences of our salvation. That's what this thing's all about. Here in a little bit, when these people get up and they go down here and they begin to get into this water, it is a testimony of the saving grace of Jesus Christ that they've been baptized in the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit, emerged in the blood, washed and made clean, and they've come out a new creature in Christ Jesus, and they are saved. Give the Lord praise for that. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I truly believe that if you are saved, you will want to be baptized. And the scripture very seldom even separates the two between salvation and water baptism. And even though they're different within their workings and in their substance, yet they're inseparable. It, it's kind of odd, you know, how sometimes there can be an oxymoron. And the truth of the matter is, Matthew, Mark 16, 16 says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. First of all, the element of salvation is believing. You have to believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to confess him with your mouth. You have to believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. That is the confession of Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. We're not going to get into all that. But baptism is enjoined, enjoined to prove that we believe what the believe in what we've just experienced. So when I receive Jesus, what does water baptism do? It puts evidence to my witness, uh, evidence and witness to my experience. It is me saying, I believe in what has happened to me to the point that I want to make an outward expression and an outward testimony of what Christ has done in my life. It's us believing it, putting it into action, and it's the first step to discipleship. Amen. Acts 2 and 38 says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the Holy Ghost. First of all, I want you to notice the element of salvation. In that passage of Scripture, Peter deals with repentance. 
Matter of fact, we know that repentance is commanded of God and it's necessary for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus said in Luke chapter 13, verse 3, I tell you, nay, except ye repent, ye shall always, 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 all likewise shall perish. And then he also tells us in 2 Peter 3 and 9 that God's not slack concerning his promises, some men cast slack, but God's long suffering to us, willing that none of us should perish, but that all of us should come to what? Repentance. And he tells us what repentance is. It's godly sorrow. That is the element of salvation. When one is tugged on by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God that came to reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Man, I got to watch out because I'm getting off my notes and I'm wanting to preach here a little bit. Oh, pray for me. But nevertheless, the Holy Spirit comes along and he convicts us, reproves us. And then the first stage is we repent of that which he has showed us to be wrong in our lives. Repentance means a turnaround. It means we stop doing what we were doing and we make a turnaround and we follow after Jesus Christ. That is the element of salvation in this passage. But the fruit of the evidence of our salvation is water baptism. It's a fruit. It's an evidence. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that when people really get a touch of the Lord that they will follow through in obedience and when they do, it sets up fruit in their lives that testifies of the glorious work of salvation and how rich and free it is in Christ Jesus. Amen? It's a powerful witness. Acts 22 and 16 says, Arise and be baptized, wash away thy sins by calling on the name of the Lord. We see by these scriptures that baptism was enjoined with salvation again. And when I say enjoined, I mean it was to accomplish or to follow salvation. Baptism is an outward witness of an inward work. They're inseparable, folks. It's almost in hard to, to separate them. In the New Testament church, as soon as believers were brought into the kingdom of God and saved, they were baptized, and the Bible says, and they, and they immediately received joy. You know one of the most joyful occasions of your life is when you're water baptized in front of your friends to testify of the goodness of Jesus Christ. Amen. Their baptism was an expression of their salvation and it was evidence that they believed in it and that it was real to them. This thing, when people go up here and get water baptism, folks, it's usually not hypocritical. They're usually not fakes. They're usually not phonies. I want to tell you, when they go to the point of being water baptized, they're serious about it. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. The baptism is a symbol of, their, was, is a symbol of their, our faith. As a matter of fact, listen to what happens to the believers that were saved on the day of Pentecost. Acts 2 and 41. And then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same hour there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. I want to tell you how important it was in the early church. Peter preached and it was in the afternoon. And matter of fact, he probably preached quite a long time as you read his sermon and all the content that was in it. People get saved, 3,000 people. And do you not understand that that very day they did not go home without first baptizing all 3,000 of those believers. Think about having a church service where 3,000 are going to be baptized. You know how long that would take? It's going to take a long time. Now, I know they probably had different people lined up and they had different lines. They had to orchestrate it. They had to somehow, you know, uh, get it in order. But they baptized 3,000 people in one day. Listen to what happened to the Samaritan believers when they got saved when the whole city was turned upside down by Philip's preaching. It says, but when they believed Philip's preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, I love this. They were baptized and he had both women, children, and men. 
I love that, that not only was it just men following through, it was women, it was children, it was young, it was old. When people got saved, the first thing they done was run out and got water baptized. Listen to what happened to the eunuch that got saved in Acts 8 under Philip's preaching after he left Samaria, went out into the desert, got a, hold, got a ride on the the queen of Ethiopia's chariot. There was a eunuch there reading Isaiah 53 and he didn't know what what it meant. And and, uh, Philip says, do you understand what you read? How can I? And someone tells me. And they're reading the passage, he was wounded for your transgression. He was bruised for your iniquity. And it was there that Philip presents to him the gospel of Jesus Christ and he receives salvation under the preaching of Philip. But listen to what happens. And as they went on their way, they came into a certain water And the eunuch said, here is water. What does hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, if thou believest with all our heart, thou mayest be baptized. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. Upon that confession, that's what Peter, why Peter baptized him, or Philip baptized him. And let me say this, every single person that goes in here tonight, they have to make a confession that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? And when we do, they're candidates to be water baptized. When this happened, the Bible says, and he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both in the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and they baptized him. Now, I love that because I, I, I like to get real close to my people. That's my nature. Somebody asked me one time, Pastor, is there any significance or is there anything wrong with these churches that have baptisms, but the preacher gets behind them and baptizes them, but he never gets wet himself? I say, no, there's nothing wrong whatsoever because all of the activity and the attention needs to be upon the one being baptized, not the preacher. But the truth of the matter is I like to get in there with them. I like to splash, amen. I like to make a noise because I'm joyful of what's taking place. And here the Bible says that Philip went down, both the Philip and the eunuch went together, waded out in the water, and old Philip got right in there with him, and Philip baptized the eunuch, and the eunuch was saved and baptized. Listen to what happened to Paul when he got saved. Acts 9 and 18. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith, and he arose, and he was baptized. These are the biblical examples of baptism. Listen to what happened to the Philippian jailer and his household. If you really don't pay attention to this, you really don't understand the significance and the importance of it. And they brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And Paul and Silas said to them, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved in thy house. What is the requirement to be baptized? To believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you can be saved. He is the one that saves us. Say amen. amen. And then it says, and they spanked unto him the word of the Lord and all of them that were in the house. In other words, they begin to talk to this Philippian jailer and they begin to expound more on the scripture. They begin to talk to his household. And then it says, he took them the same hour of the night, this, uh, the, this uh, Philippian jailer, and he washed Paul and Silas's stripes. Now notice this, they leave the jail, the place of the jail. This guy's gonna probably be killed if he's caught because to let them free meant death to that guard. But this guard goes home, Paul and Silas ministers to them. This man was saved at the jailhouse. He goes home to his family, the whole household. Here's Paul and Silas expounding on scripture. They give their life to the Lord. Then we see that this Philippian jailer washes their stripes and then it says, and they were, he was baptized and all of his household. 
And then it says, and when he had brought them into the house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all of his house. But now, you know what's ironic here that you don't understand. Do you not understand this happened way up in like one, two, or three in the morning? They didn't even get out of jail till midnight. They go down to the house. They expound the word of God, and if they're like me, that takes an hour. Some of you are going to get that in a minute. They preached the word of God to his household. He's all fired up, said, preach to my family, preach to my family. And they're preaching to the family, and while he's doing it, he's putting salve, and he's washing their stripes. Notice that they get saved, and the next thing they do, way up some past midnight, they take these people out. They baptized them that very night. That's how important it was. And when they brought, when, when this Philippian jailer brought them back to the house, he set before them meat, feeding them, rejoicing, believing in God with all of his house. His whole household was saved and baptized that night. Oh, isn't that powerful? Are you ready for some household salvation? Oh, hallelujah. Look what happened to the believers that got saved at Corinth. Acts 18 and 8. And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all of his house. There's household salvation again. I'm going to preach on that one of these days. And many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized. Did you catch that? Many of them hearing, they believed. And because of their belief, they went out and they were baptized. Paul reaffirmed the Ephesians' faith and renewed their baptism. He come across the upper coast of Ephesus, he looked at some of the believers there and said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said, well, we've not even heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Well, what baptism was you baptizing? Well, we were baptized under baptism of John in repentance. And then Paul answers them and says, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, all right, saying unto the people that they should believe upon him that is on Christ. But when they heard this, you know what they done? They went out and renewed their faith and they got baptized all over again. Sometimes there comes a time when you have to renew your faith. Can I have an amen? And Paul reaffirmed their faith by baptizing them all over again. Baptism is important to our salvation, and we must be baptized in order for our faith to grow in him. It is the first step of discipleship. That's what this thing's about. It is a forward progression of obedience that starts after one is saved, and the first principle of faith that you begin to live out is, I want to be baptized. Then when you're baptized, you can say, I'm on the road to salvation. I am on the road of a new life because I followed him in obedience. I took the first step. Now it is showing you my, the sincerity of my faith. Amen? 1 Peter 3, 21. The light figure went into even baptism does now also save us. I like that, that the water baptism is a light figure of salvation where we're what? We die with Christ, we're buried with him, and we're raised again. That's what that's a symbol of. When I go to the water, when you went to the water, it was us saying, hey, guys, I've done been here in a spiritual sense. I've died in Christ. I'm going to be buried with Christ. But when I come up out of the, when Christ come out, out of the grave, he came out glorified. When I come out of the grave, I come out changed by the power of the, I'm redeemed I am blood-bought. I am washed. I'm a saint of God. I'm an heir of God and a joint heir of Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's what that symbol of. When them people come out of that water, it's just like they've come out of the grave. Saved. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. 
Oh, my, 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 my. Woo! I just had to do that because I feel it. The light figure we're into, even baptism, does also now save us, not by the putting away of the filth of the flesh. This is not washing away your sin. And I've had people ask me this, and, and you know, it, it's okay. They didn't know. I've had people say, I don't want to be baptized downstream of anybody else because I don't want their sins to get on me. <laughs> that, you know, their sins are going to be washed off of them and it's going to float down. I'm going to get, how, how does that stop? Because they didn't know. I want you to know, everyone who goes into this baptism tonight, when they get baptized and we drain that, there's no sin going down the drain of Popper Bluff. Amen? Why? Because they're no longer sinners when they go there. They've been washed in an element that's much stronger than water. The water is a light figure. A light figure what? The blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. What shall wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen? That's what the Bible tells us. We're not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold and by the vain traditions of our fathers, but we're redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ as a lamb without spot and without blemish. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. If we walk in the light as he's in the light, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin and walks and wakes us walk in righteousness. The blood of Jesus has saved us before we ever get there. But when we get there, we're testifying of the power, the redeeming power of the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to get excited here because we're Christians. It says, also now does water baptism save us not by the putting away the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm going to close with that because we've got to have time to have water baptism. But I want to tell you something. I'm not going to be able to baptize tonight. I surely apologize to those that was on the list and wanted me to do part of it. My back is not going to allow me to do so. But Brother Randy's going to be doing that as an associate pastor. Thank you, Randy. And um, he's just as good of a, uh, a baptizer as I am. I just don't want to get someone down and can't get them up. And they drowned on my watch. <laughs> Amen. As a matter of fact, more importantly, I don't want to get them down and I get down with them and I drowned. Hallelujah. We are here tonight to celebrate with some precious brothers and sisters of their testimony of an inward work of the salvation that's been applied and appropriated in their life. This is one of their first acts of obedience to some of them. Some of them may be being rebaptized as a renewal like in Ephesians. But I'm here to tell you, we're here to celebrate that, are we not? Um, amen. Would you give them a great big hand tonight? All of those, it's going to be, amen. Praise the Lord. At this time, I'd like for, uh, I, who's going first? I'm going to have Amy to come, and she'll start calling out the names and getting you ready. And I want you to uh, rejoice. We, we do got the Christmas set up. We do apologize for that. But, you know, somebody said, well, can we do it after the first? I said, if people got saved, they need to be baptized. We don't need to wait three months. And if they're willing to be baptized, we're wanting to baptize them. Amen. I'll never forget Dee Kavnis. She's getting ready. Way back in the early ch the old church, she got saved in January. And uh, she come up to me and she said, I want to be baptized. She said, no problem. I'll look around town, see if we can find a church with a baptism. At that time, we didn't have one on Ninth and Cedar. And she said, oh, no. I want to go to the river. 
I said, well, when spring comes, we'll figure a time out. No, no, I want to be baptized right now. I said, you do know that there's snow in the forecast. You do know how cold it is outside. It's in the 20s. Yep, I want to be baptized. I said, girl, if you're tough enough, I am. Amen. And we went to Black River right there by uh, uh, Sportsman's Park there by Riggs. We waded out in that water and we baptized her. And when we got done, I want to tell you, it was a glorious event the minute we got in the car. Hallelujah and turned on the heat. Praise the name of the Lord. When people get saved, they should want to be baptized. And if you're not baptized, we welcome you here tonight to be baptized if you've been saved by grace in Jesus Christ upon a confession of re- and with repentance of who Jesus is. God bless you. We're going to turn it over to them.